Good afternoon. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you, man? I'm um, very well, thanks. I feel like uh, it's funny. I've been waiting to talk to you all day, but I have a. I feel a little anxiety, like I'm gonna go to an interview or something. This is the day that after 2,000 podcasts, Steph is going to turn on a listener. I've really got to cut back on the steroids, at least the direct steroids to butt injections. If I don't end up with a John claude Van Damme double walnut bubble butt, I'm just not doing it right. So... Um... Thanks for uh, taking the time. My pleasure. Um, I had three things I wanted to talk about. Um, I think two of them are going to end up being kind of short, and, and one of them might be a bit more involved. Um, so the, the two things that I, I sent you the email about, um, one, the, um, the frustration she's having when we have difficulty understanding her. Right. Uh, two... The the new interpretation, and I know where this comes from now. So this that part, this part of the conversation will be short. But the the recent beginning of interpreting um, laughter as being against her rather than with her. Ah, uh, right, right, right. And then, um, but I but I figured out where that comes from. So uh, uh, I'll look forward to telling you that. Yeah. And then the third item is um, we have a we have a dog who's getting who's pretty old uh and he's starting to get sick he's starting to lose uh one of his legs yeah yeah and we're probably going to have to euthanize him sometime in the next well we're we're hoping for a few more months but it's going to be fairly soon i'm so sorry that's very hard yeah it's we we just went to the vet yesterday and it it was originally my wife's dog she got him before uh she and i met um and so she's taking it particularly hard mm-hmm. um but one of the things that we're we're both trying to trying to figure out now is how are we going to present that to meta um right and uh and we don't know and what's really awkward is she's only in the last couple of weeks started to form any kind of real attachment to to this particular dog she we we sort of kept them separate for a long time because he's so much bigger than she is he's a 75 pounds and part pigs Right. So. <laughs> Saddle up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she could ride him if he would let her. Uh, right. There's right. no doubt that it's the right size comparison. Um, but uh, yeah, we have to. Um, it's it's made hugely complicated too by the fact that my son, at ten months, has in the past week or so really completely learned to crawl. So now he's fully mobile, and that means we can't have the old indigent giant dog be on the same floor of the of the house as the newly mobile 10-month-old infant. Right. Right. <laughs> right. That is a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, but anyway, uh, we we can we can get to that last. So um, I, I kind of wanted to to talk about some of these points um, in a specific order. Um, so the the laughing thing um, if you remember from the email, you know, mo- both my wife and I sort of introspected about our own behavior and observed each other and and we couldn't figure out where this was coming from because we knew that we didn't do that. Um, but I figured it out yesterday. Um, occasionally, uh, we take her to a daycare. Um, it's a daycare where my, my wife used to work and right. 
when she worked there, you know, she got to know all the staff and their and their processes and everything. And we'd take Meta there maybe once every two weeks for like half a day. Yeah. Um, and she had friends in the classroom and everything, and she always looked forward to going. Yeah. And then re- and recently they moved her in. Uh, they moved her up a class, so she's now with with older kids, and she stopped enjoying it. Hmm. Um. And so I I figured out yesterday. I took her there yesterday, and and she was kind of protesting. But then when we got inside, she was all right. Um, but when we picked her up, she said she didn't have a good time. And I realized that that is because that's where she's picked up this behavior. That there's something going on in the peer relationships between the kids where laughter is uh, is being expressed as ridicule rather than you know a shared happiness. Um, yeah. So, so that we won't be doing that anymore. <laughs> well, and. You know, if if I sort of get where you're coming from, or at least get your meta-analysis, let's say. I mean, if you, it's sort of like the if you expose to older kids, there's there's a there's a very dangerous self pseudo self-esteem trap that older kids get into, which is I'm smarter because younger kids are dumber, so to speak. Right. I'm stronger because younger we. I'm taller because younger kids are, are shorter and stuff like that. It's really pathetic. I mean, I ugh, I can't tell you just how awful that is and what a terrible model it is. And I can only assume that comes from parents who feel that they're smarter because their kids are less wise or whatever. I mean, there must be some way that that, because, you know, if you, to feel stronger because somebody else is in, like innately through no fault of his or her own, younger and clumsier and has less trouble, has more trouble with words and so on, right? Right. To to place any kind of self-esteem on being taller than a three-year-old is uh, it's just so pathetic and harmful, and that may be where you know if she says something that's that's funny, right? All young kids mispronounce the word clock in ways that can be <laughs> sort of horrifying, and um, so if they're sort of laughing at that, uh, then that's not not pleasant, right? Because she obviously they may be using jokes that are beyond her ability to understand or but she does get the I guess she gets the sense of of what they're doing right but right. something she did that she didn't mean to do that she doesn't understand is being mocked it's not obviously a pleasant a pleasant sensation and and I and I think that's that's pretty much in line with with what took place so um, so it was very it's it's nice now to 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 you know once you spot that that's where it's coming from um, to very easily go, okay, well, we just won't do that anymore. You know, she's not having a, a good time. This is not something that we want to force on her. Um, when she was in the room, in the classroom with her friends, she looked forward to it. She was excited to see them. There were there would be hugs when she arrived, and now it's just a bunch of strangers. So there's no point yeah. in subjecting her to it for the sake of our convenience. I remember, um, <clears throat> I remember experiencing this. I was, I think, about if not the youngest kid in boarding school at six. And I remember taking the train up to boarding school, which I took with my brother and other kids. He was, I guess, eight or so. And in the train, it said you couldn't drink the water from the toilet, like from the train's washroom, when the train was standing in the station. And I was really thirsty, and the train had just been standing and standing and standing for a long time. Of course, we had no money. I don't even know if you could buy anything on trains back in the day, but... um, the only place to get a drink was from there. And, I, you know, I was old enough, I guess, to read that sign. And I remember my brother and a whole bunch of other kids who were older, you know, went through this long explanation about why that sign was ridiculous. You know, why, 
that, you know, it didn't make any sense and they were just putting it there because of X. I can't even remember the whole explanation, but it was something like this sign is meaningless. Just have a drink. Don't don't just follow the rules for no reason. Right. And then I had a drink and then they mocked me, of course, for drinking poo water. Right. And and that, of course, is I mean, it's just so sad, you know, and pitiful. Right. As opposed to, wow, here's a tiny little six year old kid who's hundreds of miles away from home going to a place that he doesn't understand or know for what feels like infinity because kids don't have much of a conception of time, rather than having some sort of graciousness or empathy or kindness to that kind of situation. I mean, it was just a mindfuck, right? Right. And that is a, um, a, that's a terrible thing, of course, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, um... I'm not saying she went through anything like that. I mean, it probably wasn't anything that, you know, <laughs> British kids have this delightful, sadistic sophistication that uh, <laughs> some of the colonies don't seem to experience quite as much. But uh, it is uh, now. Why did? But why did they move her up in um, uh, in grades? Uh, I think it had more to do with capacity management than anything else. Um, since she <laughs> since she goes so rarely, um, they don't have sort of the the same. They they have a little trouble managing the the expected capacity from you know room to room and and kid group to kid group. Right. Um, also, I, I think my wife may have requested it because in the younger kids group they had a a teacher that my wife is not very fond of, doesn't mm. trust her very much. Right. So it was you know room with older kids, but a teacher she trusts more or vice versa. Um, the I mean, it, it was it was really interesting though because we, when I got there and I first dropped her off, I was already thinking, okay, we're we're going to have to stop doing this because, um, and and I know that you worked in one of these places, and as you said before, you do the best you can. Uh, I, the, I observed this scenario when I was dropping her off. The teacher came over to say hello to my daughter, and while she was there, another kid came up, another young boy. Uh, came up and said, I don't remember the other kid's name, and said, like, Charlie bit me, for real. Mm. And and um, she said, well, are you bleeding? And he said, no. And he said, well, go, she said, go back Suck and tell up. Charlie, go back and tell right. Charlie I said to play nice. Right. <laughs> and, and I know exactly why she did it. I, you know, I get all the, the context and everything, but you know, it just sort of klaxons went off. And it was like, okay, we're we're not going to keep doing this because... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's the teacher's not going to pull those threads, right? Pull those threads and find out why the other kid is acting so aggressively because right. that's going to lead straight to the aggression of the parents and how right. many kids want to take that on, right? Right. How many, sorry, how many parents want to take... How many teachers want to take on aggressive parents? Yeah, when my wife was teaching there, she, she struggled with that um, on several occasions and um, taking issues all the way to the owner, um, of the of the daycare and saying, look, you know, somebody's got to talk to the parents. And uh, to her credit, the owner was actually um, she was pretty good about that. Um, she would have she in on occasions when kids were simply remained aggressive and parents didn't change their behavior, she'd pull kids from the school entirely. Right. Um, which is a I thought a, a really bold decision, especially in this economy, <laughs> to give nice. up revenue. But um, obviously, when it's you know, if it comes to the other kid's safety or well-being, then it's a it's a good choice. It's just it was just surprising. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, it's and it's tough. I mean, one of the you know when you really have empathy with your kids, one of the wounds that you open up is you know the world's not treating your kids well. I'm not saying other parents don't really care about it, but I think there's there's a lot of um, 
tough it out kind of philosophy. You know, like uh, if you're not violent with your kids, how are they going to learn about violence? <laughs> right. And it's like I, I don't want my <laughs> children to learn about <laughs> violence uh, as an embodied thing. I, I, mean, I can then, you know, she's obviously going to figure out that there's violence in the world at some point and we'll talk about it, but not through me. You know, at some point she'll learn the concept of rape when she's much older. That doesn't mean that, you know, this right. has to be part of her family life, for heaven's sakes. But there is a kind of, you know, well, uh, you know, be, the world can be a tough place and kids have to learn how to fend for themselves. And it's like, no, 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 no. The world is a tough place because uh, kids have had this kind of aggression, uh, been exposed to this kind of aggression. That's circular, right? right? We need to expose kids to aggression because kids exposed to aggression become aggressive. And you have to learn how to deal with aggression from kids who've been exposed to aggression. So let's expose them to aggression. I think that may be a bit circular. <laughs> Tautology 101. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, uh, so that's one item that, that is solved since I sent you the email. Yes. Um, the, uh, the other thing that was in the email was this, um, this emotional, the startling emotional reaction to when we're, we're having a little trouble communicating. Um, Frustration, it, right? When, when she, you yeah. can't figure out what she's saying? Right. Yeah. So she'll say something, and um, and we'll kind of one of us might look at the other uh, between my wife and I, or if it's just one of us there, we'll ask her to repeat it. And basically, if you get to the third time and you still haven't understood it, the the frustration kicks in, and and it's not. I'm not surprised she's frustrated. I understand completely why she's frustrated. Um, it's that the emotional reaction to the frustration is to cry, which is very surprising. Um, mm. Because she, she historically she hasn't been a crier, but we've uh, somewhere recently since about her third birthday we've crossed a threshold of some kind where she's taken to it more, and and I don't know if that's uh, the way we're reacting to it, um, because I, I, both of us have actually been spending, I I especially have been spending a lot more time with her lately um, than I had over the previous couple of years. We've been doing a lot of changes in our personal life to. To accommodate it more, um, good for you. So I would have expected it to go the other way, <laughs> if I, right. unless I'm doing something really wrong. <laughs> right. Well, does it become a bit self-fulfilling? Like you get tense that she's going to cry because you don't understand her, and so you strive even harder, and the tension mounts on both sides. It could be. Uh, I could. But, but that's. I mean, that doesn't explain what happened the first time. It just may explain why it's going a little more. And and that's something I'll definitely take a closer look at. Um, no, I mean, I'll tell you, because we, we're going through the same thing, and, and you know, obviously, you know, I'm just, you know, but for people who aren't parents who may listen to this, this happens because their cognitive abilities vastly outstrip their physical dexterity, right? So, um, I mean, Isabella wants to skate. <laughs> she likes skating, but she can't skate. So in her mind, and I remember this when I was a kid, I remember being in a, um, uh, a uh, daycare, I must have been three or four years old, and I wanted to paint a picture of a boy on a sled with rosy cheeks flying down a hill uh, with snow flying all over. I wanted pine trees. I wanted <laughs> snow-capped mountains. <laughs> and um, what did I end up with? You know, big black blobs and, <laughs> and things like this. You got these, you know, huge hunkins sweep up the front hallway paintbrushes in the daycares. And, and so what was going on in my mind's eye was vastly different from what I could actually achieve. The same is true, of course, and probably even more true with language. Right. Uh, I can see Isabella. She she does these starts. You know. Um, okay. So, uh, and it's you know, and she's she's really trying to. It's in her head, but it's just getting it out. The lips, tongue, and mouth is is really tough. So there is a frustration element there. 
I I must admit also, maybe you've been tempted by this. Maybe you've resisted this temptation. <laughs> Do you have the temptation to just go, yeah, I see. I just hope that <laughs> it's believable and then we move oh, on to something else. No, I, I, I've given it that temptation for no, it's, it is a temptation. She, it doesn't really work. <laughs> now, repeat back to me, Andy, what I said. No. Anyway, um, with, uh, I find that repetition hasn't helped me to – like if I don't get it the first time, it's very rare that I will get it the, the next time. What I've tried to do, and it's been quite successful, is to try and turn it into, into a game. So if she says something that I don't understand I, – obviously, I can usually get some of it, but there's usually a word or two that I can't. You can say, is it in the room? Is it upstairs? Was it yesterday? Is it in the car? What color is it? You know, you can sort of turn it into a 20 questions game to try and figure out what she's saying. And I think that helps her to look for alternate paths, right? So frustration happens when you don't have an alternate path, right? So if you're in the car and you need to make a call and you pick up your cell phone and it's dead, uh, then you, you turn to your wife and you say, can I use your cell phone? Of course, you're not driving, but you can use your cell phone and then you make the call, right? And you're not right. particularly frustrated because you've got an alternate path. Right. But if you, you know, your cell phone's dead, you ask for your wife's cell phone and hers is dead and it's an important call, then you're frustrated because you're out of options, right? And so if it's just, you know, keep going down this path where we get blocked, I think the frustration level is going to escalate. But if you say to the child, find, let, let's find another way of saying the same thing then she has alternatives for when one particular approach doesn't work. And I find that the teaching of alternatives is really important because kids have a bit of a broken record thing. Right. You know, try it again, try it again, try it again, try it again. And they don't necessarily think about it. It's like stop and, and think, okay, what are my alternatives in this, uh, in this situation? And so, um, so I think that, that, can be, that can be helpful. You know, try and turn it into a game where she can – show you the color or show you where it is or is it hot is it cold uh, is it alive is it not is it bright is it dull is it furry is it <laughs> whatever right you can try and get her to to find alternative ways and i have found that makes it i mean it doesn't eliminate the frustration but it lowers the, the tension with that particular moment if that makes any sense yes it does and i think um there's a i can think of a, a case where i want to extend it and make sure i continue using the linguistic path because sometimes we'll we'll just resort to okay show me Right? I don't understand what you're, what you're saying here, but obviously you're referring to something that's upstairs, so let's go up to your room and you can show me. Uh, and then, of course, we just run up there together and she digs out whatever it is and, and then I see it. So what I'm going to try to do then is even in that case when there's a very clear, direct, concrete path to go look at the physical thing, um, try to get the linguistic approach first. And then you know, if, we, if we're still frustrated, then, then go down the other path. I've, yeah, I've so if she's have... trying to describe a ball, she can say, you know, it's round, it's shiny, it's, you know, you can sort of, it can right. be a, like sort of a mental eye spy. Right. A mental eye spy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I mean, I yeah. Think it yeah, can it's, be... it's perfect, it's perfect. And she, we play eye spy, so. Although, although now, the does... other thing, too, that, that I've noticed as well is that Isabella doesn't sometimes differentiate between experiences she's had with my wife and experiences she's had with me. And so it's like, you know, Dad, I remember that time and this and this and this. And it's like, uh, either I was drunk or <laughs> something because I freely was Daddy lying face down in a pile of beer bottles at the time. Uh, and it turns out, you know, if my wife says, she'd say, oh, that was yesterday when we went to the grocery store. And so, so sometimes it's just not possible. And so the other thing important to ask, was Daddy there? <laughs> 
you know, if she's talking about something that happened or, or some story or, or something that she saw, you know, was daddy there? I found that to be helpful because otherwise, you know, I'm racking my, because she remembers more things than I do, right? I mean, I have a few other things to remember than, than her life. So, um, so I think that's important to, to establish too. Is it possible for you to even figure out what she's talking about? Were you there? Right. Uh, to whatever she's describing. And if she says no, then say, okay, well, uh, tell me about it. But remember, I wasn't there. So be patient with me as, you, <laughs> as she's sort of explaining kind of thing. Um, that, that reminds me, by the way, she um, has recently decided, she's created a celebrity name for mommy and daddy. Because mm. um, when she wants to just refer to us as a collective, she just says, Madi. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Like, uh, right, 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 right. I, I thought that was really clever. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, okay, so so we'll try that out. So the, so then the the last thing is um, is this the situation with the dog and and obviously we're gonna we're gonna sort of put things um, we're gonna you know you're gonna euthanize a pet you gotta wait as long as possible um, as long as there's no danger. So we yesterday we went to the vet and we got. Um, pain relievers for the dog and we're hoping that's going to help him be comfortable for a few more months um, before we have to get to the to the final stage um, but uh, we've been thinking about how we want to to approach this um, with meta and obviously it's it's a very great challenge um, it's we expect <clears throat> it's it's obviously not going to be as traumatic as it would be if there was some if you get hit by a car or something like that, um, we'll, we'll have the opportunity to sort of build up to it and, and, and that sort of thing. And there was, I put this on the board, by the way, and there was a, a, a good, coherent reply. Um, so uh, so there, are, there have been some ideas suggested by, uh, by other uh, members of the conversation. Um, but I'm just wondering what your own thoughts on that are. Is this, uh, I don't think you have any pets, do you? No, no, and we haven't done death yet. We haven't. I mean, obviously, she has bugs that she finds, and sometimes the bugs um, decide to take fairly long rests. Uh, and um, <laughs> but we haven't uh, we haven't done the death thing yet. And um, uh, and how old is Matt again? She's three and a half. She's three. She's uh, three. I think she's like two or three months younger than Izzy. Yeah, I I don't. Yeah, I don't. Uh, here's the thing I have concern about with with death and kids. Uh, again, just judging from my own memories, I remember being, I think five, five and a half when I first heard that the sun was going to go out in ten billion years, and I remember feeling just a wave of, well, what's the point of anything then? You know, <laughs> you know it, it may have been, it may as well have been ten o'clock tomorrow morning. <laughs> right? So if the sun's going out in ten billion years. I think it's actually I think it's actually five. I think it's ten billion in lifespan. But anyway, it, so my my sort of thought was basically so no brushing my teeth tonight. Is that you know I might as well stay up all night and uh, you know play with my soldiers. Uh, so so because kids don't really have much of a sense of eternity, time, or whatever, right? Right. And so and and remember, of course, parents seem ancient to to children, right? Um, and, you know, so, you know, Isabella asks me, Am I, are you old? And I said, no, I'm sort of in the middle. Uh, and if she doesn't ask in the middle of what, but she's certainly been to see, she's seen old people and interacted with them and so on. So she knows that there's different stages of life. She just doesn't know that the candle goes out. She knows the candle starts tall, burns down, but she doesn't know that it goes out. And I don't know um, if, if I, th I, I personally think that, that three is, is probably a bit too young. 
Uh, and this is, you know, this is just my opinion. I'm no facts behind this at all. This is just my gut sense. It's right. probably a little bit too young to say, you remember how you were born? Well, there's another side to that bookend. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I, I just, because she's not going to have a sense of where she and others are in that arc, if that makes any sense. Yes. So it could be like, okay, so, so things die. So everything that is alive is going to die. And she's not going to have a sense of time. I mean, Lord knows we all have that, right? I mean, every now and then I'm like, really? 45? I'm 45? Okay, I can still double that and probably get away with it. Okay, good. I remember uh, it was Dustin Hoffman who basically said once he hit up his late 50s, he's like, hmm, don't think I can double this anymore. <laughs> so we, we all have problem with where we are in the arc. And, of course, nobody fundamentally knows. But, you know, that's pretty, pretty good indicators. But I don't know... I don't think she knows where that stone arc is or where everybody is in that. And, and, and the fact that it is rare, I also don't think that she will know or be able to grasp that the dog lived long before she did. The dog will seem to have a short life, especially if she's just attaching to him now. So she may get a sense of the brevity of life because I don't know that she can really figure out that, well, before daddy and mommy got drunk, <laughs> before you were born, uh, there was the dog had a long and productive. I don't think kids are real good at prehistory. Like I tried to talk to Isabella about, you know, before, you know, when mommy and daddy got married or before she was born. And then I came by, but she doesn't really get it because I talk about, you know, if, if she sort of asks, you know, where did you grow up? And I sort of say, well, I grew up in London. She says, what was it like? And I talk about some of the good and bad things. And I said, well, I fell off my bike. And, or she looks at a, a little scar I have on my leg. I said, well, I got this accident. And she says, and then I came by to help you. I give you a bandaid and a big hug and you were all better. And so, you know, that's when I was a kid. So, I, you know, there is, you know, the, 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 the ABC alphabet of time is all mixed up for kids. And so we, you and I, you know, if we're at sort of M or N in the alphabet of life, we say, ah, X, Y, Z is a long way away. But if it's all jumbled up, that would be much tougher for us. So I personally, I'm not very comfortable with the idea until she gets a stronger sense of time to, to talk with Isabella about life and death. Uh, but again, this, I mean, this is, doesn't, I don't think there's any facts behind this. It's just sort of my thoughts. And, no, I, and what I, do you think? I understand where you're coming from. Um, and, and I had been, as I had contemplated this and the, the, the other reader on the forum, by the way, um, was explicit in saying, you know, don't sugarcoat it, but talk about time and talk about, you know, the, where things are in a lifespan. Um, but I think he was thinking of kids who were slightly older. Um, well, you can test that, right? So, um, you know, you can ask her, um, you know, uh, you can ask her questions around time. Does she understand even tomorrow, yesterday, next week, last week, next year, last year? Uh, does she think her, you know, her next birthday party is four minutes from now? You can get gauge her sense of time. If the sense of time is short, and I'm guessing that it is, no matter how smart your kids are, they're just not going to... You know, their brains are still buffeted by the now. Right. I don't think so. I don't think they're going to be able to have the up periscope and look over to the horizon. Uh, so, uh, but if, if the sense of time is very short, uh, then I, I don't know. Death, I think, is going to seem a lot closer than, or a lot more random, a lot closer, like it's just shuffled up in the deck. Uh, and it's sort of like the random tarot card thing rather than something where there is a mostly predictable arc. Well, that, that, that'll be a bit challenging then because what, what would be the alternative? I mean, She's going to notice the dog's gone. Of course, yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying you don't talk. <laughs> the dog has been transformed into another dog. No, I'm, I'm not saying, but, but you can, um, um, 
he's gone to heaven. All dogs go to heaven. I, yeah, I don't, I don't have a great answer for that um, because, you know, solutions are not really my thing. But, um, uh, <laughs> you know, this is, this is my, my temptation would be something like this, that, you know, that the big dog has gone to the hospital and it could be, it's going to, it could be a long time. And you remember how he's walking around, he was slow, he was not well, so he's gone to the doctor. And that's kind of true, right? I mean, he's definitely been cured. Um, and then, I don't know if you guys are going to get another dog, but just get a sense, because she may, it may just sort of pass by. And of course, then, you know, when she gets older, you can talk about it. But, uh, you know, because kids understand, I think, going to the doctor or going to the hospital or whatever. And you can say, you know, she's got to go into the hospital. She's going to be there for a long time. Don't know when she's coming back and so on. I think that gives a sense of closure. She gets a sense of goodbye. But I don't think that gives her a, a sense of finality that is probably going to be a bit overwhelming. Okay. I can understand that. I think, I think we'll have to, to try some ways to test along the way. since We think we have a few months, so we, we might have to try to test, test the waters on some of this. Um, because well, the, then you can try with bugs, right? I mean, if a bug gets squished, right, then you can you can sort of explore that way. Because I mean, I I don't like lying to kids. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, uh, I really don't. It, but but, but we do withhold we do withhold information from children all the time, right? Of course. I mean, they don't know what sex is at three. You could show them, <laughs> but that would be kind of kind of freaky and inappropriate, right? <laughs> um, you know, I I don't want Isabella to know where her chicken comes from. <laughs> Because she likes chickens. You know, we got some friends who've got some chickens. She plays with the chickens. And so we actually refer to it as barbecue uh, because, you know, uh, she, you know, uh, does she need to know where a hamburger comes from? Could we, we, we could take her to a slaughterhouse and she could see the stun gun going through the poor animal's head and it getting hacked and sliced up and all that. And But that's withholding information from, from a child, which I think is, is appropriate. And right. withholding information about death, it's not like you're never going to tell her, and eventually she's going to figure out where a hamburger comes from. But it is, um, uh, I, I think that withholding information is not the same as, as lying. And uh, withholding information that they're not emotionally able to process, uh, I think, I think is, is helpful. Uh, I think it's useful, and uh, it's not like you're going to mislead her forever, uh, but um, uh, I think that... Uh, giving her a sense that the dog isn't going to be around for an indefinite period of time. Now, if the interesting thing is that if she really does pick up and the time stretches on, she keeps asking where the dog is, then that's interesting because it indicates that she's able to process time. If it's like out of sight, out of mind, which would be my guess, then I think it, it indicates that she's not able to process time yet and therefore it may not be, it may not be as appropriate to talk about death. Maybe what... <laughs> Maybe one way to test the waters would be to go check him into a kennel for a week. <laughs> but then, given his condition, that's probably not very fair to him. Yeah, I'm sure he'd like time with the family. and then, But I think that may be even more confusing because then you're giving her a time frame called a week he comes back, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. And then when he goes away for his you know, final uh, exit to the great doggy beyond, then she's going to have a time frame of a week or whatever. But, sure. but I'm guessing that... I mean, I'm guessing that given where she is developmentally, it will, it will probably be not nearly as big a problem as you think. I mean, we have this problem if I go to travel, right? If I travel for FDR, do I sort of say, Daddy's going away for a few days and let's have a big goodbye and so on, right? We, we've actually decided not to do that. Uh, I just go. 
and you know I'll I'll call her and I'll you know talk to her and you know say I'll be back very soon and she's mostly okay with that. I do believe though that if I were to say daddy's going on a big plane he's going to fly away he's going to talk to some people he's going to make some bad jokes and then he's going to come back that that would be upsetting for her because she really wouldn't be able to process it. If I'm just not she, there, she would be completely confused by that whole bad joke line. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Um, but uh, but but she's fine if I just go and then sort of stay in touch while I'm gone and I come back and tell her about my trip. She definitely tells me not to do it again. And next time she's going to come with me no matter what. Um, but uh, but she's fine with it. But if I were to say, you know, I'm going to go on a plane, I'm going to fly away, and I'll be right back, right back, back in a few days, doesn't mean anything to her. She doesn't she doesn't know what that really means. She's still working on yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and um, uh, so we have found that just going <laughs> is is the best way to handle it. At least that's our perception right now, uh, because she's she's been fine with it. Uh, so I think being sensitive to the lack of time sensitivity. Uh, sorry, yeah, the l lack of time sense, I, I think, is really important. You may be surprised if you say, uh, you know, doggy's, you know, she, if a dog may be gone, and then she may ask where the doggy is. She may not. Right. She may not. I mean, it may just be coming and going kind of thing. And, um, and if she asks, then you can say, and if she doesn't ask, you know, obviously you can say when she gets older and so on, but um, I, I, would say, I would say let her take the lead on whether she notices the absence and then manage with whatever deficiencies she is experiencing, but I wouldn't anticipate those deficiencies and try and manage them ahead of time because I think that would not be working with the empirical evidence of her level of distress. That's fair. Again, it's just thoughts. I, I don't no, think there's no, any I, magic I, answer I, to this kind of stuff. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you um, that, that we should wait for the for real empirical evidence of distress rather than just assuming that she's going to have the same degree of emotional attachment and distress that, say, my wife is. Um, so... Yeah, no point in trying to solve a problem that doesn't actually exist yet. Uh, just yeah, I mean, I, I really get that. You, I mean, we all want to explain everything to our kids, but um, you know, I mean, at some point she's going to be able to bench press fifty pounds, but that time is not now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I the the concern that I have, the slight concern that I have is I just I don't want to create, um, and and this is probably a, a further reason not to not to set it up too much. I don't want to create uh, the kind of inadvertent atmosphere that comes from like divorce where you know she feels like oh well there might be something in the house that's an integral part of the family that could just be taken away at any time and that sort of um, perception of abandonment not not that we abandon something else you know what I mean? Right, right, right. No and I, 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 I assume of course that she has a stronger relationship with both her parents than she does with with the dog. Oh yes, um, and uh, and this may be uh, you know not that I would ever cancel doing anything prematurely, but it may be an argument for not stretching out the dog's life if the dog is really uncomfortable, because that's more of a time to attach, so to speak. Yeah, I have that's been in the back of my mind as well, um, but um, yeah, well, it's it, <laughs> it's still a tough choice, but yeah, I agree. Oh, it is horrible choice, and she also she may pick up. That um, that you and your wife are sad, and she may ask about that, and you know you you can talk about that. Of course, you know we missed the doggy. He's he wasn't well, and and uh, he may be gone for a long time, and we're not sure when he's coming back, and and so on. And uh, you know that may be the case, or you may be able to shield her from that as well. But um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I mean, because one of the concerns that Christina and I had was, okay, so if I just go to Texas and don't tell her, then she'll have this idea that I could vanish at any time. But what I found is that uh, the fact that, that I have a few times in her life vanished without preparing her has not given her any sort of fear that I'm going to vanish without preparing her. Because it's sort of like saying there are sunspots on the sun, and therefore there's no light. The sunspots are insignificant relative to the light. And the occasional deviations, deviations from consistent behavior, seem to be not at all upsetting to Isabella, because there's so much consistent behavior. Right. And so there is so much attachment and love and affection and concern and care within your family that, you know, if Donkey goes walkabout, I don't, I don't think, my guess would be um, that I don't think that she's going to experience that as anything fundamentally shocking because there's so much behavior to the contrary that, you know, because I, th I think kids get freaked out by divorce, partly because of the years that lead up to the divorce. Uh, not because, you know, I mean, things obviously aren't just great and then one parent vanishes, but there's a whole lot of mess that starts up and that's not the case here, right? right. So, Okay. That makes sense to me. And um, we'll uh, we'll plan accordingly. And uh, you know, if all else fails, just get a massive doggy suit, and uh, <laughs> and pretend to be the dog. I'd have to pretend lose, to be the dog. I'd have to lose that quite may a bit take of quite some time. Yeah, you may, may that may take quite some time, <laughs> and uh, it might get kind of hot in there, especially when you're out playing in the summer. But you know, suck it up, you're dead. That's what we do. <laughs> so um, as long as I still have you. Um, a completely different total topic change. Okay. Um, I, I wanted to share a story with you that I think you'll find amusing. So, um, in in this past uh, in the past couple of months, um, I, I was I've been promoting Ron Paul around the neighborhood. I got a yard sign and all that kind of stuff. Um, and my mom has picked up on. The fact that, you know, I'm a fan of the last great hope for America. Right. <laughs> the, on, the only desperation move left available until we have to find a place to live in Latin America. So. <laughs> ah, you people have already destroyed your currency. That way I won't have to live through it. That's right. Excellent. I love Doug Casey's argument. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so. The last time she was visiting, um, she had voted. It, she had gone and registered Republican and voted in the in the Florida primary uh, to vote for him. And, and I knew she was going to do that uh, leading up to it and everything. But we had never really discussed it until she came up to visit. And um, I had mentioned to her, "Well, I think it's funny that I've I've been eligible to vote for twenty years, never bothered, never thought there was any candidate worth even taking the time to walk into a ballot box for." Um, until this election when I, you know, I actually took the time. And she said, well, this was my first time too. Oh, is that right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. So I thought that was, um, I thought that was pretty funny and it just made me think of you. <laughs> that's good. That means yeah, it is why would anybody bother? philosophy has no use, right? Doesn't, <laughs> right? doesn't affect the outcome. Doesn't, uh, there wasn't any. Well, actually, it's just an explanation, so you'll understand that my mother is really cool. Oh, yeah, that does sound cool. Obviously, you come by it honestly. That's great. <laughs> That's fantastic. 
she uh, that's good have you let me ask you something though has <clears throat> you know one thing i've sort of noticed um with isabella is that i feel very vulnerable with her sometimes if she um if she says stuff that is negative to me or about me which does happen not often but occasionally i find that sometimes a little hard to you know so we went through this thing where she you know, in um, oh, some movie, you should say, oh, yeah, in Shrek, the, the, the Shrek says to the donkey, stop singing, stop singing. That kind of became a thing with her. Uh, and so if I would sing, she would sort of say, stop singing and what that kind of thing. And it was started off as a joke, but it kind of became a thing. It actually became kind of annoying to me after a while, and, and it hurt a little bit. Do you go through any of that kind of stuff with your daughter where the stuff that she says? I mean, there's a real vulnerability to parenting, which I think I can really appreciate now that I didn't quite appreciate before. Um, yes, uh, absolutely. Um Actually, I think the thing that really freaked me out one time was um, we were looking at uh, there was like a sticker book of some kind, and it had all these faces with different expressions on it. And one of the expressions was angry, and she pointed to it and said, "Daddy." And I was like, "Whoa, where where did that come from?" <laughs> so no, what you mean is where the hell did that come from? <laughs> Who the hell do you think you're talking to? <laughs> you little witch. <laughs> Um, so, so that, uh, I know exactly how you feel and it, it was, you know, led to a lot of fearful introspection. Um, but it was a one-time thing. It hasn't been a pattern. So I, I, I don't think I'm completely screwing up. Um, and it, there might've been some incident recently. I don't know. Maybe she was watching me read somebody's blog or something. <laughs> well, it could be, it could have been something else, right? Like, a beard or a mustache or, you know, jug ears or I don't know what yeah. your physical, but it may have been something, not the anger thing, but it may have been something else that, that had occurred. Well, she that, that or something. Um, so, so, and, and she has also done the don't sing thing. Um, if she's singing a song, like she'll sing the ABC song. And, uh, sometimes if my wife or I start singing along with her, she'll just go, no, I want to sing it. Myself. I sing it all by myself. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that I, I that I don't mind so much, but um, and the no thing also gets me. I I really I have to sort of phrase questions these days uh, so that I don't get a no. Because if I say, "Would you like to do X?" What does she say? No, well, I don't want to do it. And that really does get to be kind of exhausting after a while. I sort of feel like I'm swimming against this little willed current all day long. Uh, and even if it's stuff I know she'll like, or even if it's you know try this food, I know she's going to like the food. And it's still, no, no, no. And like we went the other day, we went into town and uh, she, you know, she didn't want to sit, sit at a cafe. Then she didn't want to sit at the lunch counter to have a restaurant. Then she didn't want to go for a walk. And then she didn't want to go down to the river. And then she didn't want to play in the mud. And then she didn't, you know, I wanted to take a photograph of her muddy hands because I thought it would make Christina laugh. No, I don't want you to take a picture of my hand. And, stuff. and it's just like, oh, man, <laughs> it's just to get kind of, you feel like you're leaning into a gusty wind the whole day sometimes. So. I've really been trying to work with that and trying to be honest about it. Just after a while, I'm just like, oh, you know, I think I'm just going to go home and read because I'm just tired of this no all the time. And she does, you know, to her credit, I do find her really sensitive to that. Like if she's doing something that is just kind of uh, annoying, like she does these cat noises, which they're eerily good. I mean, they really do sound like a cat. But, you know, after 10 minutes of it, it's like I'd rather <laughs> take out my own ears with an ice pick than hear more. And I, I have found her sort of to be responsive to, to that kind of stuff. But have you got a lot of the no thing or I don't want to or, you know, I don't want to do X, Y, and Z, whatever is suggested? We, we do. Um, we get it with a fair amount of frequency. I, I, um, I work really hard and, and so does my wife to, to as you said, um, phrase things in a way or, or frame things in a way that um, make them much more appealing. So 
one example is uh, we, it's never bath time, it's bubble time, right? So we, we don't ask her if she wants to take a bath, we ask her if she wants some bubble time. And, ah, right, right. And, and so right. that's, you know, that's much more enthusiastic. Um, I, I think just finding way, positive ways to introduce things has been mostly successful for us. Uh, I do get you on the food thing. Uh, trying to introduce her to some new food that you know she's going to like, and then and what what gets really frustrating is she tries it, she says she likes it, but then she then she won't eat it. So we did that the other right. day. We did that the other day with a pear. She 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 really loves apples, and she wanted to try the pear. And I said, "Oh, great. Well, <laughs> do you remember how you were younger and you liked Mama's pear?" Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> um. So, so I sliced up a pear and, and I gave it to her and she tried it and she said, oh, it's really good. And I said, oh, great. So, you know, here, eat the rest of the pear. And she had... I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> ended up giving the whole thing to her brother. Um, and he loved right. it. So... Yeah, or, or when she says um, that she doesn't like it but then continues to eat it. <laughs> um, that's, that's also give you a bit of a facial tick after a while. Wait, then, and I, so some, sometimes on the no thing, what, what I find too is if, if she, if I propose something and she says no, and I just drop it right away, that she does it anyway, you know, that it was much more about saying no, but doing it anyway, uh, once, once she decides that it was her idea and not my proposal. Oh yeah. I mean, Isabella is fierce about doing things on her own. Like, like it's a full body on spasm if I try, like if I'm trying to help her with something or whatever. Uh, she is incredibly fierce about doing things on her own. It's a, it's a very strong point of pride for her. And um, that, you know, if I know she can't do it, I just, just have to grip my teeth and wait. And she will eventually ask for help. And she's pretty good at managing her frustration. But I think the no is to some degree, I mean, obviously it's an exercise of, you know, she's experimenting with this new superpower called will. And, you know, she's not always using it for the force of good. Uh, but um, that, that, yeah, that no thing, I, I don't know when that phase ends, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. Cause, and, and I've also found if I just say, like, I'm going to, you know, if, if I say, would you like to read this book? She will say no. But if I say, I, I'm going to read this book, I'd like you to join me if you want, then she'll usually come. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, I'm trying to yeah. think if there's something along those lines that, well, I, I guess we probably do that, um, I, I'll do that if I'm going to the store or something, um, you know, I'll, I'll tell her, even though the intent the entire time is for her to go with me, I'll tell right. her, I'm going to go to the store, do you want to join me? And she'll go, yeah, right. yeah, and, you know, run and get her shoes and everything, and, and, um. Whereas if you say, do you want to go to the store? No, I don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> And, and that's and that's that's a tough position to be in, right? Because if you say, "Would you like?" when she says no, you're kind of stuck, right? Well, because I, I, you I'll, can't just say, "Well, too bad we're going anyway," because then it's like <laughs> then it's like your will means nothing to me. <laughs> it's just a formality. I'm in fact the government. Right? That, that would you like to sign this social contract? No. Well, you got to pay your taxes anyway. But thank you for asking. <laughs> thank you for giving me your feedback. It means nothing to me. So I, so I, that's tough. I, I so I, I definitely get stuck there, and I've actually not been able to do stuff I need to do because I've asked her rather than said I have to go to the store and you know would you like to come and so on, right? I, I don't. I can't think of a of like a go to the store thing where we've had to actually pull the plug on it. Well, no, I, that's not true. Actually, my my wife has encountered that more than I have, where she's had a plan to do something like uh, like there's a a soft playground at the at the mall, so um, she likes to take 
meta there um, to just run around and play with the other kids and on the, the all the soft toys there you can't bump your head or anything. Um, right. And uh, sometimes she'll have a big plan. Oh, I'm going to go to the mall. I'm going to go uh, take the kids to soft play and maybe do a little shopping and blah blah blah. And she'll ask Meta, um, you know, I, I wanted to go to the mall. Do you want to go? And she goes, No. Uh, okay, well, pull the plug on that plan. Um, right. I, I think right. when it's I think when it's something that actually has to happen, we I can't think of a uh, of an occasion where we've well no we've probably have done the well I was only asking you as a formality we really have to go <laughs> I, I'm I'm pretty sure right. I've said that um, right I try to avoid that as much as possible um, oh I or I'll try and sort of find a way to win her over and I, I have resorted to outright bribes I'm not proud but there it is um, <laughs> but I really don't want to sort of ask her for her feedback and then override it no matter what she says I'm really trying to avoid that oh, I, 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 yeah, you're right it will happen occasionally don't, but don't, please please don't misunderstand me it's very rare. It's, right, I just right. know that it's happened. I just want to be, you know, honest in this conversation. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's, but, yeah, I find that sort of management, managing the questions so that I don't provoke a response that I can't fulfill. Uh, I have found that to be important. And uh, I have to keep reminding Christina about that. You know, don't ask. If you have to do it, don't ask. Find some other way. <laughs> if you ask, then you have to listen, you know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's just that I think yeah, the vulnerability thing is is has been really interesting to me, and the um, yeah the, the the no phase and learning to navigate that is um, has has been a challenge. Uh, and I also have to remember, I have to decouple right. It doesn't matter if she tries the new food fundamentally. I mean, I really want to because I know she's going to try and go mmm, but it doesn't. You know, I have to remember that it doesn't matter. You know, like it doesn't matter if she doesn't quite finish her meal right now. She can eat more a little bit later. It doesn't matter if, you know, I find that stuff can be hard to to remember. I sort of get a little fixated in the moment. Must eat pear. <laughs> if pear is not eaten, child's head will explode in 12 minutes. Must eat pear. You know, and it sort of gets that level. And, of course, none of that's true. But I find in the moment there's an intensity that I have to decouple myself from and say, okay, big picture times death. Does it really matter if she eats the pear now or not? I don't think so. And that's – I don't know if you experienced that at all. But de-escalating the intensity that makes – that is completely insane on my part. I mean what the hell does it matter if she like, tries this food today or not? I think, I think that happens to my wife more than me. Um, and, and this may have to do with – it, it may have to do with the intensity of the amount of time that that you spend together because you know you're a stay-at-home dad, my wife's a stay-at-home mom, um, so it maybe maybe that's where it it, it comes from um, in terms of the relationship. But but I know that that Lisa will be in a situation where you know she'll say, well, I want you to try this, and then get very frustrated and and bank a lot on it. Whereas I'm very much willing to to just let things go. You know, we put something out there. Um, she says no. I'm like, okay, didn't really matter anyway. Do you want to go? You want to go outside and fly the kite? No. Okay, sure. <laughs> no big deal. Right. Um, the, the it's 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 actually the bigger struggle that I find is when we have to go the other way. That when when she wants when Meta wants to do something and and we can't do that whatever that thing is right now. Um, that's that actually is is the much harder management task these days. Um, mm. Because like uh, Lisa bought her a, a, a little kite the other day, um, and of course she wants to go out and fly the kite. <clears throat> we live in a particularly windy part of the country, <laughs> and and we right. live in a suburb with you know tall houses and in hills, so there's not really a lot of wind, and we really need to to go take the kite 
out to a field or maybe even to the beach in order to, to fly it effectively. And of course, we can't just kids walk out in the front yard and, and fly the kite. Um, Can you not attach fireworks to the kite? Uh, I have found that. No, sorry. <laughs> we'll only be able to fly this once, but it's going to be spectacular. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I'm not ready to introduce my daughter to explosives. <laughs> no, no, a couple of months. Yes, yeah, so a couple of months. If she's if she's not ready to learn about death, she's certainly not ready to learn about explosives. <laughs> right, right. Um, so so that's a that's been an interesting thing. Um, you know, when it's when she wants to do daytime activities at nighttime, it's probably the biggest one. You know, we can't go out and do that because it's it's dark. Um, right, right. But I, I find that probably a bigger challenge than the than the no thing. I don't know. Um, I wish I had a more firm answer, but no. I, I think it's. I think it's just a phase. Um, it just. It's been going on for quite a while now. So hopefully, it's a phase. <laughs> From what I've read, it's a phase. Um, and um, well, and took, she. I mean, you know. Sorry, I took, go ahead. I took your advice on this on this exact topic probably four or five months ago. In one of your podcasts, you mentioned that when originally confronted by this question, you started paying more attention to how often you said no to her. Um, yes, and I've really turned that around, and it's, it, it's had, I think, some effect. Uh, but, but the effect that it's had is I can use it as an example. I can use my saying yes as an example, right? And that will help modify her behavior. It hasn't actually imprinted her into saying yes a whole lot more. But what it has done is it has allowed me to say, okay, so... And, and like I'll sort of go, if, if I get frustrated, I'll say, okay, so here are the no's that you've told me today. And then I'll say, and do you remember when you said this and what did I say? You said yes. Do you remember when I said this and you wanted to do this and what did I say? Yes. And so, so I said, you know, so then I've said yes like 10 times today and you've said no like 20 times today or whatever number it is. It usually don't have to go that high. And I said, so can you understand if like it'd be frustrating? Like, so if, if you said, let's do, and I said no <laughs> all the time, you would get frustrated. So I found that it's been helpful not in modifying her behavior, but in giving me some leverage to explain why I get frustrated with the no, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Because then I can at least point to my own behavior as different from that, you know, which I'm having a problem with, which is kind of important. <laughs> kind of important, if not downright essential. I, uh, uh, I'm wondering, do you... Um, do you negotiate activities. Um, I, I, I find it pretty effective to, uh, if we're if we're doing something and we want to, and she proposes switching to something else to come back with a counter proposal that involves something she would normally say no to. So, um, you know, if we're, I don't know, if we're playing with Play-Doh and she says, well, I, I want to paint. Okay, we have to put all the Play-Doh away first and clean up the Play-Doh area. Yeah. And normally something that she would be resistant to. Um, but because it leads somewhere better? Yeah. Does that, is, is that something that you do? Yeah, I've definitely said, you know, we, we can't do X until, you know, this has been done. And yeah, so if it's, a, if it's a means to get to an end, you know, if she wants to turn on her music and dance, then we have to clean up the six million toys, that kind of thing. That, yeah, that's definitely been helpful. Um, I mean, she'll still negotiate to the, like, <laughs> like grim death at times, but uh, that certainly has, uh, has been helpful. But I think it also has to do with the fact that she can spontaneously come up with her own games in the moment, but she can't come up with bigger plans 
you know, like, I would like to drive here and go there, or I would like to do this and then do that. Uh, I don't think those are big plans. And of course, a lot of the plans he has have to, res like, sorry, a lot of the plans we have around adult kind of got to do things. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, of course, is not, you know, she would never say, let's go to the store and get some computer paper. <laughs> That's what I want to do. I, I mean, if she did, I'd be pretty amazed. Uh, that would be pretty advanced. <laughs> Daddy, I've noticed that your printer is a little low on paper. I don't... <laughs> so I think that has, um, that has something to do with it. And, uh, uh, you know, I, 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 think it will, uh, I think it will pass. But, yeah, there is a little bit of, uh, I can't take any more nose today. So I find, you know, you know, roll into a ball, suck my thumb, burst into tears. Uh, I found that to be obviously incredibly helpful uh, in terms of making sure that her respect uh, remains high. Um, <laughs> wonderful. We, uh, I mean, I, I, I reflect, you know, emotional responses back to her when they're real. Uh, um, and that was, that's something I've heard you say before, too. That, that yes. Yeah. You know, to if she's making you frustrated, reflect that. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's the important. other day. I mean, I want her to be honest. There was something that happened the other day. I can't remember what it was, but it it was she accidentally did something that hurt me bad enough that I actually did cry out. Oh um, yeah, I've had a few of those a week. Yeah. <laughs> and they all seem to involve one part of the body. <laughs> oh yeah, no. I mean, being being a dad is just constant groin PTSD. I mean, that's just I don't know what it is. It's just the way it is, you know. It's uh, the number of times runs full tilt into the nads. It's just oh man. I basically uh, I I was actually seriously contemplating just wearing a cup for some time, but then I thought it would actually injure her, uh, <laughs> so I decided not to. But oh yeah, uh, that's 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 a pretty. I knew that part going in though. I mean, yeah, that's just I, something I I, I've actually explained to her now that since that happened, um, I've been able to to explain to her that because she knows that boys are different from girls because she can see, she's seen her brother, so yeah. she, so she knows there's a difference and and I've explained to her that that on daddy that part's really sensitive and you know it hurts a lot even yeah. if you don't mean to, so it's um and and she's understood that um, I don't know that we've complete it's 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 a difficult thing to gauge too because it's not like I'm keeping careful mental track of. The difference between groin shots from my daughter and groin shots from my son, because now they come from both. <laughs> oh God, I can't even imagine. I just can't imagine. But uh, I have to send you some some videos of the two of them interacting, um, because uh, you know when 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 I first told you that we we had two kids, you you said, well, that, you know that must that must be really difficult, and and I agree that it's really difficult. But I, I think you would really appreciate some of the amazing interactions they have. Um, because oh, yeah. She cares for him. I mean, it, it's just, it's overwhelming sometimes to, to watch her um, behave towards him. Because she, she can get frustrated. You know, he wants to come over and play with her dollhouse while she's playing with it. And she doesn't want to share at that particular time. Right. But, um, but when she's feeling affectionate towards him or she wants to entertain him, it's just unbelievable i have a, i have a video where she was she was sitting in front of him while he was lying on the bed pretend and she kept pretending to sneeze and she would do this big dramatic achoo and she would pound the bed right in front of him um when she did this big dramatic sneeze and it was the first time i ever heard him do just a full-on belly laugh oh that's great <laughs> and and she just kept going because she loved hearing him laugh so um 
and and we've been pretty successful in uh, I don't know if you remember me talking about um, a, a little struggle explaining to her that she was hurting him accidentally um, when she would when she wasn't being gentle uh, right we've had we've had really good success in that regard um, that's good that's good that's good that's very important and we've I, I think important. thus far we've managed to to really avoid um, uh, well, so I, I'll frame it in a story. Um, he has one of those uh, walkers, one of those suspending walkers where you, you sit in the seat and the feet come out of the bottom and the, there's wheels on the bottom and you roll it around and, and it's to practice walking, but you're, but the baby's not really walking. Right. Um, so we have one of those and it's really great because you put him in it and he gets around, but he's got a buffer zone around him where he can't run into th the wrong thing or whatever. Um and uh, so the other day we were all in the kitchen together and he's wheeling around on this thing and accidentally ran over her foot um, and of course she she cried and got very upset and you know baby brother ran over my foot and it was it was um, important to me to make sure that she didn't hold him accountable for it that she didn't blame him and uh, fortunately we've we've talked about things being accidental before and and so she understands when you say well something's an accident um, and I was very worried that she would get retaliatory with him that she would you know there would be some type of uh, resentment behavior later and so I watched him really closely for for the next couple of hours to, to see if any of that came to light and it didn't and I was really excited that um, that she didn't hold a grudge um, for yeah, to... I've noticed that with uh, Izzy, she's not, I mean, she gets hurt or whatever uh, accidentally, she's not at all, I mean, she's upset, but she's not at all retali retaliatory, and I've seen, of course, enough of that, uh, that to know that that's a real blessing, and of course, I think it comes from her environment, but um, yeah, I think that stuff is hugely helpful, because it... it, you know, it, it automatically kills the, the, um, uh, the escalation. Right, yeah, and then, of course, we, we immediately tie that situation into into a new practice at home so now if if um, if we're putting baby brother into the walker she runs and gets her shoes and she puts her shoes on and so she has these uh, these little rubber crocs that that she can put on herself and uh, she runs and goes and gets them and puts them on and then she's got rubber armor on her feet and it doesn't matter if he runs into her feet so uh, <laughs> right right <laughs> So then she All just right. has to. Keep her, well, listen. Has to, I'm sorry. I've got. have got. have got another. Um, I've got another call coming up uh, while she's sure. down. I'm trying to get to and when necessary. But I really do appreciate that that feedback. It's been very helpful. And uh, you know, it's. Um, <laughs> I certainly don't want to imagine that I have all the answers. I think some of the approaches that you've taken have been, been hugely helpful to me. And I really want to thank you for sharing those. And I think you know, if anyone listens to this, to to others as well. Yes. Yes. Thank you uh, again for your time, and um, and. Thanks for keeping me from going down a terrible path, a terribly unnecessary path on the on the whole dog question. Um, we're, we're, we'll try to work it out that way. And um, yeah, listen, let, this is a yeah. pure experiment, and I'm glad, obviously, to be experimenting on your children I know you rather than mine. Record your conversations. Um, I would very much like to get a copy of this when uh, the opportunity arrives. I'm sorry. Absolutely, will do. Uh, yes, I will do, and I'm certainly glad to let, let me know how it goes with. Um, with this, uh, because it is a it's a big question. I mean, if she was younger, you wouldn't need to worry about it. If, if she was older, you could explain it. But I think this age is a real challenge. So do let me know how it goes. Okay, I will. Take care, man. Thanks, Steph. All the best. Bye.